All right, good evening, everyone. Good to see you this evening. Let's turn our Bibles to Hosea. Uh, Hosea chapter 14 this evening. And we'll get into the, the message tonight. And hope that you've had a, a good week. You've been, been well and your family's been well. And uh, Hosea is an interesting book. If you've ever read through the, the prophets and some of the things that God has called them and uh, told them to do, it's just a uh, just very, very interesting, uh, interesting situations that uh, many of these prophets found themselves in. And, and Hosea is no exception to that. Uh, Hosea experienced something that uh, probably in the, in, in, from a human point of view would have been gut-wrenching. It would have been uh, something that, that really from, from all accounts uh, is, there was no pleasure in it. And yet God called him to, uh, to, this, uh, to this unique situation where uh, his wife leaves him and really goes into a life of, of whoredoms. And it's uh, the, the, whole, the whole message of Hosea is return. And that word appears over and over again in the, in the book. And it was especially telling because, again, it's in the context of the marriage relationship. And in this way, we see the reality of God's people Really, the overarching type and picture is uh, the, the reality of God's people when they're unfaithful to God. And, um, and we see that the, 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 whole, the whole message of Hosea was that the nation of Israel was away from him. They were estranged from their beloved. And yet we note, again, the, the call of God was to return. It wasn't one of disillusion, it was one of a longing restoration, it was a simple request to return. And I thought about that, and again, in the context here, we understand that this was toward the nation of Israel. We're going to read a couple of verses here in chapter 14, and it's really telling of really God's intention for the nation to eventually return to Him, and we know that He's put some plans together, eventually it'll be the tribulation period that brings them back to a right relationship with their betrothed in the Lord. But we understand that there's some, there's some pictures here and some types here and some principles here for us that we can glean. And I think that, that when we think about uh, the, the, the sanctity of marriage and all of that, we understand that there's a commitment there. We understand that there's a, there's a great picture of, of what that, that, that closeness and that relationship should be uh, even toward us and the Lord. And we understand, though, the reality of this world. We understand that there's, there's times where, because of the human element of things, that, that, that things don't work out. And sometimes we observe when, when marriages crumble and we sort of look at that and we, uh, we're, we're, we're disturbed by it. But then we, sometimes we see the, the things work out. And sometimes there's a reunion that happens uh, over that, and we see that, and we even see that sometimes when couples separate and then they come back together, we term that as a bit of a miracle, right? And, and the miracle is 
is twofold. We understand that there's a, a mending of that brokenness. But then the, also just the fact that the wrong party would have the capacity to bring, the, bring back the one at fault. There's a miracle in that. And, and that's the nature, though, that w- of God's love that we're learning about in the book of Hosea, is even though his nation of Israel had wronged him over and over again and to the point where the, they're termed as unfaithful, in the, in the, in the, very, uh, the very worst of that meaning, the nature of God was to continue to love and then to continue to call to return. And when we think about that, you know, in, in, in our lives, we understand that there's times that where we're hard, in our heart, we're prone to wander. And, you know, all of us here, at some point, we, we know that we're, we're not always as close to the Lord or as faithful to the Lord as we ought to be. And I want to remind you that actually God's call to us in those times is to return. That's his desire for us, is to come back to a place of, of closeness and a, a place of, of, um, of reunion back with him. And, and you know, there's a, there's a great jubilation there in, in God when we are found to be returning to him. And, you know, I think all of us here could think of loved ones and, and, and maybe even friends of our, our, ours who walked away from the Lord and maybe even genuinely saved, and, and yet the, the, maybe the cares of this world and the, the deceitfulness of riches and all of that have drawn them away from God, and, and we look at the, the sadness of that. We look at the, the tragedy of that, of a life that could be lived for God and could be lived in closeness to God, and they're, they're gone away, and yet I want to remind you tonight that actually God's desire for each and every one of them, if they're one of His, as part of the bride of Christ, is that they would return. That is actually God's heart. That is actually God's, God's desire for them. And, and it's, it's right for us to pray that way. It's right for us to desire that for those that have walked away from God and have, have been unfaithful to Him. And, and if we're honest with ourselves tonight, there's times that in heart, and then correspondent to that in action, we, we're, we've walked away sometimes. And, and God, in all of his goodness and graciousness to us, always calls us to return. And, and, and really, that's the context of the book of Hosea. We know that uh, Hosea was one of, one of two prophets, really, who, who specifically wrote to the northern nation of Israel. And, and uh, he's one here that, just like Jeremiah, wept for the, the, the condition of the nation. And his whole message was to return. And, and, and so he, God gives him this, this message as we read it in, in chapter 14, verse 1, and his final appeal to the nation. And really this was, uh, this was aspirational. And maybe you wonder tonight, well, why did God have to get him to go through what he went through? And, and some have speculated, you know, in, in one sense it's authoritative. He, he understood from a very... Uh, from, a, from the very experience that he went through, the very, the very heartache and the heartbreak and the desire that God had for his nation, it was illustrative in the sense of he could illustrate very vividly from his own experience. But then it was also predictive in the sense of this was really what the nation was going to go through. They were going to go through a, a time of, of departure away from God. And so we see here the, really God's desire right at the end, and he describes the, the ideal situation of a return. 
And notice with me in verse 1, and it's a short, short chapter, so follow along with me. Chapter 14, Hosea 14, verse 1. O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Take with you words, and turn to the Lord. Say unto him, take away all iniquity, and receive us graciously, so, we'll, so will we render the calves of our lips. Asher shall not save us, we will not ride upon horses, neither will we say any more to the work of our hands, ye are our gods, for in thee the fatherless findeth mercy. I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely, for mine anger is turned away from him. I will be as the dew unto Israel. He shall grow as the lily and cast forth his roots as Lebanon. His branches shall spread and his beauty shall be as the olive tree and his smell as Lebanon. They that dwell under his shadow shall return. They shall revive as the corn and grow as the vine. The scent thereof shall be as the wine of Lebanon. Ephraim shall say, What have I to do any more with idols? I have heard him and observed him. I am like green fir tree. From me is thy fruit found. Who is wise? And he shall understand these things. Prudent, and he shall know them. For the ways of the Lord are right. And the just shall walk in them, but the transgressors shall fall therein. So notice with me this, this call to return. Firstly, it's got to start with an admission. It's got to start, if, if one was to return, it's got to start with an admission. And notice what he says in verse 2, the challenge to them was to return unto the Lord, but he says, take with you words and turn to the Lord. You know, our words are powerful. And, you know, sometimes we, we think of, of, of ways to show repentance and to show uh, a returning, but at times it just takes words. It says, take with you words. And so we note, firstly, that there's an there's a admission of the return. You know, we find ourselves in a, in a process of returning, a process of drawing close by just admitting our wrong. He says there, take with you words and turn to the Lord. Say unto him, take away all iniquity. You know, there's, there's power in, in repentance and confession. And aren't you glad tonight that we have, a law, we have a God who's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness? You know what that that. Is a, is a product of, really, is our confession. If we confess our sins. And you know, the, the fact is that as he looked at this nation that was to be his, his bride, his chosen ones, he simply says, you know, I just need an admission of your fault. I just need an admission that you are in the wrong and, and that you need to come back with your words. He says, you owe me an apology for all that you have done wrong. Says, take away all iniquity and receive us graciously, and he is a gracious God. They say, So will we render the calves of our lips? You know what that is? It's just a picture of the sacrifice of our lips. You know, the calves were were meant to be the 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 offering unto the Lord. And he's saying it's it's like giving that offering of of our lips back to him. And the, the Bible tells us that our Lord is ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. And our return is only ever a sincere cry to God away. And I wonder if um, at, at times where we feel that distance from the Lord and maybe it's been a while since we've even communed with Him, you know, the, the only thing that He's asking for is for, for your return through your words. 
just admit that you've you've grown cold. You admit that you've grown uh, you've 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 distanced away from Him and admit you're wrong. If we call out to God in sincere recognition of our condition and our desire to come back, you know, God is gracious. He says, I've sinned, I've, I've, uh, I've shown iniquity, I take away all iniquity. He says there that, um, that, that really the, the, the first place of return has to be an admission, an admission. Secondly, notice what we, we see here. He, he says in verse 3, Asher will not, shall not save us. That's speaking about Assyria that had taken over the, the nation uh, we will not ride upon horses, neither will we say any more to the work of our hands. Ye are our gods, for in thee the fatherless findeth mercy. He's saying that you can't rely on other things that you've looked to. You've looked to, uh, you've looked to the, the Assyrians. You've looked to the idols in your hands. And he's saying you can't look to that. And, and then he says in verse 4, this promise, he says, I will heal their backsliding. He says, I will love them freely for mine anger is turned away from him. And, and there's, a, there's an assurance of that, assurance of our return. And God seeks to assure us that when we return to him, there won't be this retribution. He's going to love freely. You know, I think about that, that, great, that great parable of the prodigal. And I think about that one who found the end of himself and found himself in the pig pen and, and found himself away from his father and, and away in... In, in all of the, the muck and mire of the world. And I think about the attitude of the father in that, in that great parable where upon his return, there were no questions. There was just a reception of the repentance. There was just a reception of that contrition and that brokenness. And there he clothed that, that son with a, with a robe and he put a ring on his finger and he killed the fatted uh, calf. And we see that, uh, that the Lord, he, he, he had no retribution. And, and I think about sometimes uh, the things that stop those from returning. And yet all in all, God's trying to give him assurance. You know, if you read through the Word of God, you understand that we have a God who in all of his judgment and all of the justice that he is, he's also a God full of mercy and compassion. And actually, that, that, that reception as one of his is a one that he longs for and one that he desires. And he, he assures there of his love and he's not angry with us. And I'm so glad that even when, when we find ourselves in a backslidden state, in a state that's away from God, God doesn't move. He's willing for our return. It doesn't change his position on us. And the Bible tells us we're sealed until the day of promise. The Bible tells us that we're pardoned and we are his. And the Bible tells us that if we would draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to us. And so we see that, that, that we have a God who's willing to heal our backsliding. You know, sometimes when, uh, when, when married couples fight, Sometimes we put conditions, you know, if you love me, you will do this. If you love me, you'll buy me a new pair of shoes, you know, whatever that is. But, you know, the, God's not that way. He, he, he banks on the position that we have in him. He, 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 we can bank on the fact that, that in him we're accepted in the beloved and we can come with great forgiveness and we can come with a great change of heart and mind. And with God, he's just waiting. He's assuring us of his love that's unchanged and 
all we have to do is return. But notice the, the achievement of, of returning. And he goes on and he says, I will be as the Jew unto Israel. He shall grow as the lily and cast forth his roots as Lebanon. And, and several times he'll mention Lebanon here. You know, when you, when you look at Lebanon as a country, we know it as a country right now, but it was the northern part really of the promised land that God has given. And, and oftentimes when, when, when God was comparing something to something that was goodly, he would re- refer to Lebanon. And he would refer to the, the, the great beauty of Lebanon. The, the word Lebanon simply means white. And it referred to the white-capped mountains of that, that region. And it was originally in, God's, in God's, uh, God's promised land. It was part of all of the land that he had promised the nation of Israel. And so he'll refer to them over and over again in some of the, some of the geographical nature of the, of the land there. He says, I will be as the Jew unto Israel. He shall grow as the lily and cast forth his roots as Lebanon. His branches shall spread and his beauty shall be as the olive tree. And the olive tree is often a type there in the Bible of just the, the, um, the, the blessings of the Lord upon the nation. It says, and his smell as Lebanon. And, and really that's referring to, the, um, to the, the beautiful cedars of Lebanon, which is some of the best smelling wood. And it referred to all of that. And, and even from the sap of that is the... the the resin of frankincense, which was an anointing. And we see all of that, the beauty of the smell of Lebanon. It says, They that dwell under his shadow shall return. They shall revive as the corn and grow as the vine. The scent thereof shall be as the wine of Lebanon. And all of that to say is that, that when we return, there's just great fruitfulness and great joyousness in Christ. We suddenly find ourselves not in this barrenness and not in this... This, this position where we have no satisfaction, what we find is in our return to the Lord, there's great fruitfulness and great joyousness there. He, he's saying that there's, there's these things, you have, you're as a lily, and that's a, a great type of growth. You know, that lily in the valley, that, that beauty, that even through the, the difficulty and the trial, there's the, the, the he says there, um, that you're going to cast forth his roots as Lebanon, and, and roots is a picture of strength. You, his branches shall spread. That's a picture of health. Again, as an olive tree, that's a picture of fruitfulness. And then the smell, the, 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 a picture of praiseworthiness, and corn, durability, and, and vine as value, and, and the fir tree, that's that mighty tree, it's, it's unhindered. And all of that is a picture of just health, a picture of just of, of joyfulness and, and, and rightness. And, you know, that's the thing that sometimes we, we, we underestimate when we desire a return to the Lord is just, just the potential of what we ought to be in Christ. And I think that's part of the grieving when we, when we observe others walking away from the Lord is what they could achieve in Christ, what they could be in all of these great pictures of beauty and these great pictures of, of joyfulness and, and richness in Christ and all of that to picture the great fruitfulness that's really unhindered by the other elements around which can cause injury. And you know, that's, the, that's, the, that's what we, where we find ourselves when we're in, the rightful, in our rightful place. And if you look at Psalm chapter 1, verse 1, and you're probably familiar with these verses, 
But in verse 1, it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. There's a great prospering, there's a great health, there's a great fruitfulness in our return. And I'm saying that because there ought to be a great motivation in us to not miss out, to, to not neglect that when we're away from God and we find ourselves in, in times where we're, we're unfaithful, there's a, there ought to be a hastening to return. Why? Because we don't want to miss out on the abundance. We don't want to miss out on the potential for, to, to joy in the Lord and to, to, uh, to bear fruit for His glory. And that ought to be a motivating factor in our, in our prayer for others as well. But then notice in verse 9 as we, as we finish off, he says in verse 8, Ephraim shall say, What have I to do any more with idols? I have heard him and observed him. I am like a green fir tree from me. Is thy fruit found? So again, he's reiterating that, that, that if he's returned, there's that great fruitfulness. But in verse 9, he says, Who is wise? And he shall understand these things. Prudent, and he shall know them. So there's, there's great wisdom in returning. It says, For the ways of the Lord are right, and the just shall walk in them, but the transgressors shall fall therein. Here's the last thing as we think about returning to the Lord is there's a great advancing. We can move onward and forward. We can journey ahead. You know, the, the, the great reality is there are those who because of their, their, their wandering away from God, no longer ever go further than where they, they left off. There's no more done for God. There's no more that they can, they can un unravel in their journey. They, all they know is what they know. But you know, when, when it comes to returning to the Lord, it really just is the start. And, and there's more if you walk. He says there, that the just shall walk in them. You know what returning is? It's actually a path to follow. It's a way forward. It's a way from where you're at now to where you could be in Christ. It's a way of, of, of following after Him in, a, in, in all of His righteousness and all of what He would desire to, to discover for you to discover in your life. And, and there's a great many who miss out and never know all they know is what they know. And there's no advancement in their life. You know, the, the nation of Israel, he, he told them in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 32, You shall observe to do therefore as the Lord your God hath commanded you. You shall not, return, uh, you shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. And he knew that the nation, even as they entered in that initial stage of, of conquering the promised land, he knew there were going to be distractions. He knew there were going to be prone to wander, prone to look away. And he's saying, don't turn. He's saying, don't, don't look around for alternatives. No, no, just follow. Just follow after me. Follow after the things that I've laid out for you. Follow the path ahead. Why? Because there's great, there's great many blessings and there's great many, just, just great many discoveries yet to come. And, you know, I think many of us, we would, we would truly admit 
there are times when we walked away and, and we can only wonder now what could have been. But for, for all of us, while we're still living and we're still breathing, there's always the, the opportunity to return. And, and there's times when you do. You can, you can feel it. You've, you've wandered away. Then the call of God and the call for all of us as God's people is return. Return. And I hope that that would be us tonight as we uh, head into the, the week. And, and maybe you have wandered this week. Maybe other, there are those that maybe you've just stopped praying for and you've grown tired of it. Hey, there's, there's just too much at stake. And there's too much that, that God would have for us and too much for God that God would have for them. And we would just desire as God desires to return to the Lord.